Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Kelsey Tamburino. Today, the Biden administration is releasing a major new regulation aimed at slashing or capturing emissions from new and existing coal and natural gas plants. On one hand, Republicans plan to use that regulation as a way to attack red state Democrats and President Joe Biden heading into the 2024 elections. On the other side, some Democrats counter that the GOP strategy will be out of step with voters. But other lawmakers potentially up for re-election, like Senator Joe Manchin, are distancing themselves from Biden's climate policies. Today, Politico's Josh Siegel breaks down the tricky politics behind Biden's new power plant rule and where each party stands. It's Thursday, May 11th. So this is a major regulation from the EPA That's essentially the biggest climate action from a regulatory front that we've seen so far from the administration. It's long anticipated because this is essentially the administration's version of the clean power plan that the Obama administration tried to put forward. The Biden administration's trying to stay within the bounds of the Supreme Court ruling last year that put some limits on what EPA could do in the power sector while still being very aggressive in reducing emissions from the power sector, which is still the second highest emitting sector And so this rule is aimed at both coal and natural gas plants. And that latter point is particularly interesting given natural gas remains the predominant fuel in the power mix. Yeah, and let's dig a little bit deeper to the politics here. Republicans are likely to use this rule to threaten vulnerable Democrats and attack President Joe Biden heading into the elections. What are you hearing from them? What will be their messaging in response to this rule? Yeah, so Republicans really see this as paralleled to 2010 when they really waged a attack on former President Barack Obama of waging a war on coal. And then Obama brought forward cap and trade, which, of course, didn't pass and resulted in electoral beatdown for Democrats in the subsequent midterms. So Republicans feel like this is kind of war on coal 2.0, but even further, war on all fossil fuels, given that natural gas plants are also targeted here for emissions reductions. So they feel like they're on favorable terrain, specifically because the Senate map is pretty brutal here in 2024 for Democrats in that the incumbents are having to protect seats in in red states that also happen to have fossil fuels strongly still in their power mix and strong fossil fuel dependent economies. So this is West Virginia, Montana, and Ohio. Those are really the three biggest targets for Republicans. And then Pennsylvania as well is always this perennial swing state and still not so much coal, but is a very big natural gas state. So they, Republicans are trying to say, well, this is just more of the same from the Democrats. And not only that, but we know inflation, right, is such a powerful issue right now. And they're trying to exploit that and say that this is another example of him trying to move off fossil fuels too quickly. And that's going to worsen inflation and lessen the reliability of the grid. Yeah, you mentioned, you know, West Virginia. What have we heard from Democrats on this regulation from Joe Manchin? How are they responding to the attacks here from Republicans and and how this might play out in the 2024 elections? 
Yeah, so Manchin in particular already responded ahead of the rule coming out, and he's very practiced at distancing himself from you know, a Democratic administration's regulatory regime on climate. So he's done this before, and now he came out with a statement on Wednesday saying that he will oppose all of the Biden administration's EPA nominees that might come before his his committee. He's the Energy Committee chair because of this rule, which he just said is radical and will lead to eliminating coal and gas from the grid, or that being what he says is the goal of the administration. So some of these other Democrats, I mean, we've seen a, a John Tester, a Democrat of Montana, and Sherrod Brown of Ohio, Democrat. Historically, I mean, they're not quite as uh, conservative-leaning as Manchin when it comes to Democrats, but they are, have also distanced themselves from the president when it suits them. Montana still a huge coal state. Ohio is a big gas state. Just last week, they voted to overturn the president's two-year pause on solar tariffs. So that's just one example. They haven't responded to the rule as of this recording, but it'll be you know a tricky terrain for them for sure. Josh, you also spoke to other Democrats who say that Demo- the party shouldn't run away from this rule. And looking back to the differences between now and when the Obama administration first introduced its rule on power plants, what are they saying here? Yeah, so some incumbent Democrats and former Democrats who suffered in in 2010 because of cap and trade and their position on that are saying that this isn't comparable, that times have changed, the politics have changed, people understand climate is a problem, there's clean energy jobs that are now available that were maybe just tangible in 2010. An example, I spoke with former Congressman Tom Periello of Virginia, whose House seat was one of 63 that Democrats lost in the 2010 midterms. And his support for the cap-and-trade bill was a major factor in his defeat. And he was basically like, you know, his quote, you see Republicans making outdated arguments. And he says, these clean energy jobs are real now. And it's the Republicans who seem out of touch by making these arguments that might not be as relevant today. I talked with like Senator Tim Kaine, who's up for re-election in 2024. And he's not seen as particularly vulnerable. But he's like, look, the big difference, you know, in 2010 we were not a big generator of low and no carbon energy. Now we're now we're up there in solar. We're top 15. We're a leader in offshore wind. So like people are are getting that. And it's just, it's not, if Republicans are trying to use the same playbook, it's just not going to resonate in the same way. Also, the Biden administration wants the proposals to overhaul federal infrastructure permitting rules removed from the high-stakes negotiations with Republicans to raise the debt limit. That's what White House Senior Advisor John Podesta said on Wednesday, reiterating President Joe Biden's call for a clean debt ceiling bill from Congress. Podesta also pushed back against Republican efforts to tie those negotiations to GOP energy priorities and permitting reforms included in their energy legislation, H.R. 1. The two parties have both made permitting reform a centerpiece of their policy and political efforts, but they remain far apart on the specifics. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com power switch and subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Before we go, I want to invite you to Politico's first ever energy summit. Hear from Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm, White House National Climate Advisor Ali Zaidi, and more to hear about the new energy transition. Mark your calendars for Thursday, May 18th. See you in person here in D.C., or you can join us virtually. 
For more details and to RSVP, visit www.politico.com slash energy summit. I hope to see you there. I'm Kelsey Tamburino, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. Chevron is developing renewable diesel made with biofeedstock that can help reduce the life cycle carbon emissions of heavy-duty transport fuels today. Learn more at chevron.com.